The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome back to the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks Team Coverage Podcast, formerly known as Football Hawks. We cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, a few hours before tip-off, second out of a back-to-back versus Philadelphia on the road after the Hawks have lost two straight games where they had leads in the second half and just blew it. So this is going to be an episode where I'm going to have to dive into the pulpit and kind of take a hard look at this Hawks team because and Brad Rowland, who covers the Locked On Hawks podcast, sent out a tweet that was pretty eye-opening. So comparing last season, which everyone thought was a failure by our standards after going to the Eastern Conference Finals the year before, in the in this year, through twenty games, the Hawks have the same record as they did last year. This is what Brad Rowland tweeted out. Last year's team was third in offense, 23rd in defense, and that 11-9 featured a six-game losing streak, but also a seven-game winning streak. A lot more injuries on that team last year, but a lot of inconsistent play. Like, inconsistent play. It's take two steps forward, three steps back type. This year... The Hawks are 20th in offense, so they've regressed offensively this year, which has been evident, extremely evident when you watch the play. And 14th in defense, which will come as a shock to a lot of people, but they have gotten better defensively this year. They have had some favorable matchups schedule-wise, but they're better defensively. And in this year, Brad Rowland tweeted, we've only had one streak of more than two wins or two losses in a row. There's a lot to impact in in that information. I mean, at this point right now, everybody is saying that the seat is heating up for Nate McMillan. And I get it. I get it. You have the same record as you do last year. You're better off in the Eastern Conference. Right now, we're at fifth in the Eastern Conference this year. And I had some conversation with people who are just clamoring for Nathan Mellon to get fired. And I have to be real. And I'm going to say this on this program. You can take it how, however you like. If you want Nathan Mellon to be fired, that means you have to be rooting for the Hawks to fail. You have to root for more bad losses like we just endured with Houston and, and Miami at home. You have to root for more of that. Is that what you really want? Do you dislike Nate McMillan so much that you're rooting against the success of the team that you beloved? For some people, yes. Others, they're going to be a little bit conflicted. Me, I don't ever root for someone's failure. You let things play out how they're supposed to play out. And I said that this was a proven year for Nick McMillan. You have to have a good year, make the playoffs, 
and probably won a playoff series to be retained. I don't think he should have to do all that to be retained. But people were calling for Naaman Millen to be fired last year, which was a knee-jerk reaction. That's way, way too early, especially after what he's done for the team and what he inherited, that you're asking for him to be fired after one year on the job. Last year it was what it was. David Mellon does have his inherent flaws. Letting runs for their team go too long before calling a timeout. The lack of adjustments at times is very alarming. He is not offensively creative. And he has his philosophy, his coaching philosophy, and he can be very stubborn in what he wants to do and how he wants things ran. Every coach is like that. Sometimes it works for the benefit of the organization. Sometimes it hurts the organization. And he has blame in the last two games. The last two games were just appalling, inexcusable. I mean, and I'm not going to dive too much into the numbers. It's not going to be a long program. I'm in my pulpit. I'm going to say what I need to say, and we're going to get going. Because we have a game coming up, and you have a chance to right your wrongs on the road against a team in the Philadelphia 76ers who've won the last two games and have the same record as you. And on the flip side, the Hawks have lost the last two games. And it seems like these teams are going in opposite directions. The 76ers are 7-3 and three in the last 10 games, where the Hawks are 4-6 and six in the last 10 games. And when you look at the last two games... Houston and Miami were very winnable games. Very winnable games. You were up 16 on the road to Houston, who's only won one home game before they beat you. Before they beat you, they've only won one home game all year. They're 2-5 and five at home. 2-5. and five. You're up by 16 in the third quarter. Next, you know, the little scuffle happens. Double technicals are handed out. And then, boom. Houston responds, they get a little bit of fight, and they outscore you 34-18 to 18 in the fourth quarter to win the game. They seized momentum. They took that as a challenge, and pride set in. Pride set in. Same thing with Miami. You had a lead against Miami. You had a great first half, great ball movement. Defensively, you played much better than you did against the Houston Rockets, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. Because the defensive performance against Houston was atrocious. You gave up 128 points to the Rockets. You played better defensively in the first half against the uh, Heat at home. And you think, okay, they're, they're, they're riding the ship. And then you come out third quarter and just lay an egg. And you get outscored by a hilarious amount. By a hilarious amount. When I look at the numbers, they get outscored 55-38 to 38 in, in the second half. At home, you only give up 106 points, but you only score 98 points because you stopped moving the ball around and started to just settle for shots that were low percentage shots. Then you see Miami continue to hit bucket after bucket after bucket, and then you start pressing. And then you take wild shots. You start forcing things that aren't there. And the the common denominator between these two games, and I'm going to speak on it, is a lack of pride in your work 
and a lack of trust in your teammates. You would think after the scuffle, the Hawks would band together to just snuff out a team in the Houston Rockets that are beneath you. I'm, and I'm not being disrespectful because they beat us, but I'm just saying that is a team that is going in the opposite direction of you right now. But no, you don't band together to snuff them out. And, and, and I will say this again, and I tweet this out. Anybody who said we need to trade Clint Capella because we have Oyeka and Kongu needs to shut up. Needs to shut up now. I don't want to hear that chatter at all. At all. Last two games, we got murdered in the paint. Murdered on the rebounds. Murdered protecting the rim. Second chance points. Offensive rebounds. You get destroyed by Houston. And then Bam Adebayo, I'm sure Bam Adebayo and Joel Anthony look at the film and was like, you know what, we finna eat. And that's what they did against us yesterday. Just ate. Just ate. And it's just like I said, it's a lack of fight. It's a lack of trust and a lack of pride. I have not seen that from this team. I don't see a sense of urgency in this team right now. Yes, it's early in the season. We have not hit December yet. There are plenty of games down the road. Some people are not even watching NBA basketball until Christmas Day. But these games matter. We've been saying it all year. These games matter. It's a shuffle in the Eastern Conference. Not as bad as the Western Conference, but it's a shuffle going on game to game. And you have to beat the teams who you're supposed to beat. Which is why these two games against Houston and Miami were so shameful. And then how you lose them. Second half, the other team is just fighting harder than you. Playing harder than you. Has more of a sense of pride in their work. And clearly trust their teammates more so than what's going on in Atlanta. There's something going on with this Hawks team. Glenn Willis, friend of the program, he'll be on um, actually next weekend, pointed out something. He said how they finish this Rockets game will point to if there's something else going on with this team. I think Trey and DeJounte Murray are good. But as far as Trey's relationship with John Collins, yet to be seen. DeAndre Hunter's been playing well. A.J. Griffin's been playing well. But I think there's a lack of leadership, and that starts at the helm with Naaman Millen, and amongst the team. There's a lack of leadership in this Atlanta Hawks locker room that needs to be addressed. They need to have a come-to-Jesus meeting, a players-only meeting, whatever. It needs to be said earlier, not later. This can't bleed into Christmas. This can't bleed into the new year. You got to snuff it up now. Stuff it out now. Because the schedule in December is pretty favorable. But these last two games were favorable. And you lose both of them. You lose both of them. You split a season series with the Rockets. Disgraceful. You would think you come out with more fight, especially in the second half against Miami Heat team that gentlemen swept you last year out of the playoffs, and and you lose to them at home in front of a sellout crowd. Inexcusable, inexcusable. The Hawks were a seven point favorite against the Rockets, and they lose by six, and you give up one hundred and twenty eight points. 
just just inexcusable. Just inexcusable. I'm going to take a quick break. When I come back, I'll talk over the numbers, get some hot takes, and then we'll look forward to tonight's matchup. So you already know the drill first. Just quick plug. Okay, listeners, it's time to talk a little fantasy hoops. Now, I don't know about you. I'm in several fantasy leagues, and every fantasy league that you are in, you have a rival. Pokemon, Ash Ketchum had Gary. And I know you have your Gary out there. So it's time to beat Gary and get the insight that you need to take your stuff to the next level and win a fantasy basketball championship. Do you remember who led you to Tyrese Halliburton, DeJounte Murray, Terry Rozier, and Mikhail Bridges before any other rank list? I know which one. It's the Brewskies 150. And you probably turned those huge wins into some cash. Or a fantasy basketball championship. This year, the Brewski 150 is on sale for a limited time. And Ethos 360 subscribers can get access in less than a week. Head to sportsethos.com and click on the premium tab to grab membership information or the draft guide today. And yes, to answer your most important question, the Brewski 150 is included in both options. Check back daily for more new features and go dominate your leagues. Beat Gary with the help of Sports Ethos. All right, and we are back. And you guys know I'm a really positive, you know, glass half full type of person. But like I said, the hot seat is slowly heating up right now for Naaman Mellon. But there is plenty of blame to go around. When you talk about pride, fight, trust, and lack of leadership, it's on the coaching staff, it's on Damon Mellon, but it's on these players too. A lot of people skate by on scapegoating or placing blame on Trey Young. Trey Young has not played that great this year. He's had great moments, but the efficiency issues, the turnovers, and sometimes he lacks situational awareness in moments where he needs to fully run the offense when things are getting bad. Run an offensive set to get an easy bucket and get your teammates involved where he tries to press and shoot a three or drives in the lane and you're 5'11 trying to shoot these giant killers over giants that are well aware of your float game and timing up your shots and making it hard for you. We need to, I mean, and people on, on Twitter do criticize Trey Young, but I think it's more so, especially when you compare it to other players like Luka Doncic, that's another discussion. But Trey does deserve some blame in this because you have to take a step forward as a leader managing the game. I saw some strides last year, but then he'll relegate back to hero ball and I think it's because due to a lack of trust. You have to develop more trust with this team. I don't know what this team has to do. A retreat in the middle of a season, trust falls, therapy sessions. I don't know. But something needs to be done. And as the franchise player, Trey, you, you deserve some blame in this. DeJounte Murray, outside of, you know, the... I mean, I'm not going to get into the fact that we 
squandered 89 combined points between the two players against Houston and lose. But that's another that's another topic for, for another day. DeJounte Murray, outside of that game, has been struggling lately. He has been struggling shooting the ball. I mean, against the Heat, he was 5 of 16 from the floor, 2 of 8 from 3, 13 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal. He was minus 13. He had the he was tied for the lowest plus minus on the team with Onyeka Okongwu. John Collins had a good game against the Heat. 23 points, 14 rebounds. I loved how they used him. DeAndre Hunter, 18 points. Can't complain about that. Trey Young, 22 points, 14 assists. Normally when you look at that stat, that's good, but 4 of 16 shooting from the floor. One of eight from three. You get 13 free throw attempts. Your 13 free throw attempts and making all 13, which is great, is what saved your stat line. You got to get more from the backcourt. You got to challenge. These are the two best players on the team. You got to challenge your backcourt. Someone's going to have to challenge the other. Maybe that's Capella. Maybe Capella is that that true leader on his team. And we're and that's out of missing his presence in the paint, his rebounding. Um, his defense, his size, maybe we're missing leadership too, which is why maybe we need to give Clint Capella more credit as far as leadership goes. Maybe we need to give him more credit. I know you guys are killing Frank Kaminsky, but I mean, hey, we have to play who we have to play. He's who we have available. Maybe we need to point fingers at Travis Schlink. Maybe they should have got another big this offseason like we, we were hoping for. Get another big. I mean, you're shopping around John Collins, but and I'm going to say this now. If you trade John Collins, it better be for a stretch big who is a good defender. That's all I'm going to say. If you're going to trade John Collins, you better get that at least because that's what we need. We've aggressed offensively this year. You heard the numbers at the top of the program. And that was something I was hoping for this year with Joe Prunty moved up to associate head coach who was offensive-minded that maybe we see some more offensive creativity and we have not seen it yet. Yes, it's 20 games in. And I talked about in the other program about the Warriors team, that great Warriors team with Kevin Durant that won back-to-back titles. They said they didn't really get into a rhythm or flow until after Christmas. I know you guys want it sooner. Fans are impatient. I'm going to call it how I see it. I'm a fan, too, of some um, some sports teams. I can be impatient, but we have to look at it from a bird's eye view. It's going to take time, but and I know that you want things sooner. It don't happen overnight. It don't happen after 20 games. But certainly, even though it's only a two-game losing streak, some of the losses that the Hawks have had this year are just inexcusable. The Hornets at home, inexcusable. The two games I just mentioned, inexcusable. And I can just go down the schedule, and I don't want to take all this time to just point out of woulda, coulda, shoulda. I'm not going to do that. But those are three games that are winnable, and now we're looking at a team that's, what, 14, 14 and 6, which will be, when you look at the standings, top three team in the East. These games matter. These games matter. And leadership has to rise up in this occasion. We're going to have to figure out who the true leaders are on this team. Because 
if it doesn't get sorted out by the coaching staff or amongst these players that are on this team, moves will be made and it won't be to the liking of the fan base. You think Nate McMillan gone is going to be good? Who are you going to replace him with? I've seen people say Quinn Snyder and Kenny Atkinson. Good choices. But again, if you want Nate McMillan fired, you're going to have to root for the failure of this team. And that is not something that I'm equipped to do. I'm not equipped to do that. Again, I mean, looking at last night, we just missed Clint Capella. Bam Adebayo killed you. 32 points, 8 rebounds. He was 13 of 20 from the floor. All of his shots were inside the three-point line. Got killed. Killed there. You let Dwayne Dedman score 13 points and have six rebounds off the bench. A former Hawk. Inexcusable. You did well defending the three-point line, but the team shot just under 49% from the floor. They were getting anything they wanted in the paint. You miss Capella. You miss Capella. You do. I don't care what you say. You're missing Capella right now. I mean, and I'm just looking at the... At the stats between the two games, like I said, the the Rockets game, defense was horrible. Horrible in that Rockets game. They gave up 69 points at the half to the Houston Rockets. And then 129, it's 128 points overall. You got out-rebounded by over 30 rebounds to the Houston Rockets. You missed Capella, but other players have to step up. Collins... Hunter, Okongwu, you have to rebound more as a team. You get out-rebounded by 30 rebounds. You don't move the ball worth crap. And yes, Trey Young and DeJounte Murray were in their bag. So yes, the 14-team assist looks bad. But now it looks bad now when you look at the Houston Rockets at 25-team assist. And that was a team that had 22 turnovers and you scored 31 points off their turnovers and lose. And lose. You lose in a fast break. You lost points in the paint. I mean, you did well getting to the free throw line, but they got to the free throw line more. A lot of fouls in that game. A lot of fouls. You didn't shoot bad from three. You made 15 threes. Shot just under 39%. Just a terrible game. Lack of fight. Lack of trust. Lack of pride. You got you got to look within yourself. Everybody's to blame, not just the head coach. Everybody's to blame. You had a lead going into halftime over Miami Heat, and get outscored the way you do in the second half at home against a team that you would think you're going to come out and compete against. You shoot under forty percent from the floor at home. You only get to the free throw line 19 times. They got to the free throw time, uh, free throw line 19 times too. That's okay. You move the ball around the first half, and then it just stopped second half. Difference in the game, points in the paint, in favor of Miami, 58 to 34. Fast break points in favor of Miami, 16 to 4. The rebounding margin was a little bit closer, so they got that message across after Houston. But we miss Clint Capella. We miss Clint Capella. I pray 
that he plays today. I know he is still questionable with dental pain tonight. And we'll see as, you know, time gets closer and closer to tip off if we'll have Clint Capella. But regardless, whoever's on the court better be ready to go. You got to be ready to go. You got to be ready to go. Philadelphia, even though they've won the last two games, this is a winnable game. You're an NBA TV national audience tonight. ESPN's analytics has only given the Hawks a 42.8% chance to win. And I don't blame them. I don't blame them. And the fact if you lost two games in a row and you're still a, you're still ahead of them in the standings says a lot about what this team has done. It's not a failure of a start. There's going to be bumps in the road. There's some new players on this team that are still trying to figure out how to play with each other. People want it to happen sooner than sooner than later. They're gonna have to, you know, they're gonna have to deal with that. But what I won't deal with, and I know what fans won't deal with, is a lack of pride, like I said, lack of effort, a lack of fight, a lack of trust amongst your teammates. If there's something ain't working, you gotta fix it. You gotta fix it sooner rather than later. Philadelphia is a one and a half point favorite tonight. Joel Embiid is gonna be out probably. They won't have Thibault. P.J. Tucker's day-to-day. We'll see about Capella, Johnson, and Hunter who are on the injury report right now. They're All three of them are day-to-day. It could be a skeleton crew tonight. Regardless, if it's a skeleton crew, whoever plays, they better be ready to go. They better be ready to go. I just want to see more fight. More fight than what we did the last two games. And I want to see them play a full game and finish. This is going to be a challenge for the Hawks. I mean, because like I said, I wanted to finish three and one at worst to end the month of November. And you're already 0-2 towards that. So that's out the window. You have Philadelphia tonight, second out of a back-to-back. And then your last game for the month of November is on the road against Orlando. And I'd be gosh, if you lose to Orlando... How people are feeling right now, they're going to be even more upset if you drop these next two contests. So you you better figure it out tonight against Philadelphia. Tonight, 7 p.m. tip-off, NBA TV. Obviously, Valley Sports here locally. And then Orlando game is going to be a 7 o'clock tip-off on Wednesday. And then you're going to welcome in two teams to the State Farm Arena on Friday and Monday who have been playing well as of late. Denver Nuggets and Oklahoma City Thunder with Shay Gilgis Alexander. Like I said, the, the month of December is favorable, but they're going to have to play with a lot more fight, heart, and trust and camaraderie if they want to turn this around. Like I said, it's a slight skid, but this slight skid is a microcosm of, I think, bigger things that are going on behind the scenes. That needs to be addressed sooner rather than later. And hell, maybe maybe we'll hear some things that come out. Maybe it's not always sunny in Atlanta, in the State Farm Arena, in their practice facility. Who knows? I'm not going to create speculations. I don't do that. I just report on what I observe and the news that I get. So we'll see how they respond tonight. Hopefully they respond better. Hopefully they respond better. I mean, because when you look at it, 
as a whole, I mean, they've lost three of the last four games. Three of the last four games in the last week. You have a new week, new opportunity. Started off right tonight. You guys know the drill. If you love what you heard from me, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share to tell everybody about one of the best podcasts that covers the Atlanta Hawks out there here at Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks. You know the drill. Share with fellow Hawks fans, NBA fans, Georgia sports fans, basketball fans. It does not matter. Put them on to this program. Follow us on Twitter at Ethos Hawks. On Twitter, that's at Ethos Hawks. And then follow myself on Twitter at Brad Jared67. That is Brad J-A-R-R-E-T-T-67. I hope the next time I record is a lot more positive than it was today. I hope so. I hope so. I'm out the pulpit. We'll see you guys next time. Praying for a Hawks win up in Philadelphia. And we will catch you guys next time.